Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. This is where we look at various nutrition and fitness-related topics through the lens of application. We want to give you practical takeaways so that you can create your healthiest, best self backed by knowledge. Now, on to the episode with your host, Coach Lisa. Hello, and welcome back to the Nutrition and Life Podcast. My name is Lisa, I'm your host, and today I have a special guest on Coach Allison Brewer. Thank you so much for coming on today. I thought it, this would be a fun idea to just introduce you as part of the team, but I'm also just interested in hearing your story again, how you came to nutrition coaching, your story with training. And I think you have some super interesting perspectives to share that probably a lot of our listeners and clients can benefit from. So thanks, Allison, for coming on. I'm excited to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, I would love to just start off with a little bit of an intro in the sense of where you live, um, how you first got interested in nutrition. Was it out of necessity because you were uncomfortable in your own body? Um, or what was your journey in terms of health and fitness? Tell us. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So I live in California, Northern California, outside of the Sacramento area. Um, I have two teenage sons. Um, and I live with my husband and my boys and our girl dog. I call her my dog tur because I'll never have a daughter. So <laughs> she's my daughter. Um, and I've always, I think my whole life just felt somewhat interested in nutrition. Like when I was a little kid, I remember seeing my parents eat like bran muffins and thinking I should eat bran muffins. Those are healthy. I'll be really strong if I eat bran muffins. And I don't know why bran muffins were a thing then. Um, but as I've gotten, um, gone through the different phases of life, that interest has sort of changed for me. So, um, in my, mid twenties, I was told I had high cholesterol and I kind of freaked out because I was like, I'm thin. I exercise. I, I what the heck? So I started learning about nutrition and, um, trying to figure out like, maybe this is probably the missing piece. Like I'm eating just whatever college students eat. And so that's probably the problem right there. I should eat some vegetables. So I started learning um, about nutrition then, and then I learned a lot. I kind of changed my diet. I added in some vegetables and gradually over the years, I started dropping the meat that I was eating. I was eating more plant-based um, and my cholesterol went down like a lot, like a ton. So that to me was like, oh, there's power in nutrition. This can really change some things for me. So fast forwarding to my thirties and I had children um, and my husband and I were, had different ways of eating. And so we were like, oh, we have to feed these kids. Like what, how are we going to set the tone for them for a healthy life? Like, do they want, do we want them to be vegetarian? Like at the time I was vegetarian, I'm still vegetarian. Um, or do we want them to, you know, not feel like the odd kid at the party who can't have the thing. So we tried to create some balance for them. But in doing that, I was also learning, like, how do I feed children? How do I make sure that they are getting their needs met? So I learned more about nutrition then. Um, and now I have a milestone birthday coming up in a few weeks. And that is that freaks everybody out, right? When we have these big birthdays, we kind of like go through this cathartic, like, what, what what's going to be this next, de next decade? And how can I, um, you know, take this on? How's this going to go for me? And um, I think that there's so much information on the internet about nutrition and fitness. And there's, it's easy to think, 
I have to do so many different things, especially as I get older, especially as I'm going through perimenopause or whatever is changing for you in your body to just hold it together, to just maintain who I've been up to this point. Um, and I, it's easy to think that, and it's easy to get stuck in this, like I uh, defeated like mentality. So I've learned a lot about how to support my body through that phase of life. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And it's just <clears throat> it, the exercise changes with my needs, the diet changes with my, my needs. And, um, it's just still all really interesting to me. And I love sharing that with other people too, kind of guiding others through the stages that I've already walked through. Um, so yeah, that's a long way of saying that I've always been interested in nutrition and diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. No, that's super cool. I mean, that just speaks for your interest in learning and personal growth overall, whether that is in nutrition or other areas in life. One of the beautiful things that Elson and I share is just our passion for travel as well. And just for from and also from I mean, I have had the pleasure of meeting you in person a few weeks ago, but also from your Instagram, etc. I can just tell you're someone who loves to enjoy life. And you go for beautiful hikes and adventures and cruises and other travels and you navigate um, nutrition so seemingly easily around that. And I'm sure that that has taken some years of practice as well to get to this point where you're just feeling so confident, um, even on a you know, on a trip, just doing your thing. Um, but I think it, it's difficult. Um, you mentioned like the various stages of life. What I um, sometimes have a difficult time grasping, even just personally, but also communicating is, um, yes, in the end, everything comes down to the basics, like, you know, protein, vegetables, um, overall calories, movement, etc., But there's never a time in life where we can truly feel like I figured it out. I'm locking this in. This is exactly what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And it's going to work because again, like our, as much as our body loves homeostasis and being in one spot and consistency, um, there is external factors that are always going to be changing. Like you're going to go through stressful periods of time. You're going to perhaps train for a half marathon or whatever. You're going to have, um, you know, kids at some stage, especially for us women, like our hormones are so influential. So we can't expect to have this one nutritional plan and just be like, I've got it figured out. This is me now. I'm set for the rest of my life. And then life just throws us a curveball. So I think there's a really, um, not a fine line, but there it's it's really difficult to sometimes like mentally dis distinguish between the two that, hey, yes, the basics are exactly what we need to consistently always do. But there is a, like, we need to still be flexible with that or around that in order to um, adapt to our life and as you said you have such a um, special birthday coming up too um Allison like people won't believe it but when uh, when they see your pictures etc Allison is turning 50 in a few weeks and um I I can imagine that it's um like I've heard from several of my clients and just people around me as well like even though you feel healthy and strong and um you look absolutely gorgeous it is a, a mental struggle perhaps to approach this kind of number. Like how, what sort of experiences have you made with that? 
Yeah, that is so true. I, I feel like there's a parallel between how we look at our training and our diet and how we age. So what I mean is, um, when it, so yeah, I'm turning 50 in a few weeks and that, that freaks me out. That freaks a lot of people out when we hit a new decade, a new milestone. It's, it's like, it takes a moment (laughs) to adjust to that idea. And it's really, really hard, especially I think as a woman to look in the mirror and see yourself looking older, to see wrinkles, to see gray hair, to see, you know, things changing. And it, it can be really easy to get stuck there and to really feel like, gosh, I'm really sad about this. Um, but instead of being stuck there and just things getting worse over time, I think it's really important to make a shift in our thinking and the way that we go forward is to think about, okay, I, I asked myself, okay, well, who's the old lady that I want to be? How, how do I want to age? Who do I want to be as when I'm, you know, 50, 60, 70, as I'm aging through the decades, um, who do I want to build into? And so when we talk about our training, it's the same kind of thing. Like maybe I can't run an eight minute mile anymore, or maybe, you know, the exercise that I've always done isn't serving me anymore. I'm not recovering from these really hard workouts that I love. And so rather than spending time, just, I need to get smaller. I need to take up less space as women. We tend to get stuck there instead of what we're burning off of our bodies why don't we think about what we're building into? Like what, Mm -hmm. how's, how are we building a strong body to move forward? And how are we building into this old lady that we want to become? And so that's the mindset shift that I've made to try to help myself adjust to this idea of turning 50 and, you know, and beyond. So that makes me adjust my training in a way that's like, okay, how do I maintain this lean muscle that I have? How can I build more lean muscle so that I'm prepared as an older person to, you know, losing muscle mass is something that happens as we age. So how can I fight against that? How can I stay strong and stay, um, you know, healthy in my body and have mobility and have strength and have the ability to do all these things that I love so much, climbing mountains, hiking, you know, doing all these outdoor things with my family and friends that, that just fill my heart. So how can I do that? And how can I maintain my, my bone density? Because that's another thing, especially as women, we go through menopause, our hormones um, are no longer like our armor that we kind of lose our estrogen. And then we start to lose muscle mass. We start to lose our um, cardiovascular advantages, like over men, you know, they say women tend to have lower cholesterol lower blood pressure. And then we go through menopause, our hormones change. And then, you know, that's kind of the great equalizer. We, at that point, we have to be more mindful of cholesterol and blood pressure and those kinds of things, you know, and think about bone density. So it really shifted my thinking when I looked at that into a strong old lady is going to have muscle. A strong old lady is going to have strong bones. She's going to have, you know, healthy cholesterol, healthy blood pressure levels. So really, um, tailoring my training and my, uh, diet and my food to meet those goals. So that might mean eating more than I used to eat or exercising with more strength training. When I want to go for a run, let's lean into the strength training and do the run because it makes me happy. So it has shifted a lot for me. Yeah, I got to be part of that journey a little bit in the sense of um, assisting you with or just, I guess, like talking through um, training and, and nutrition throughout these phases with you. And what I found quite or what I still find very impressive is that you did say, hey, I, I actually really love um, endurance training. 
because you come more from like a running type of background, yoga, etc. Um, but I do know I need to reduce my body fat percentage. Like you have never been, you know, really overweight or whatever, but you just said like, I know I'm like, I'm what people might've classified back in the day as like skinny fat or whatever. You're not at that place anymore. Um, but you know, slim, but a low um, lean tissue or lean muscle mass percentage. So that is not ideal, especially as we age. And so you were like, okay, I need to make this a priority. And you actually took endurance training out completely for a while for, I think, was it over a year? I believe. Yeah. 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 It was. And you built us a, a solid base with that now. And you said at some point, okay, I, I've, I've built a solid base. I'm still wanting to continue to grow that, but I also need to acknowledge um or take care of my my mental health and what I actually love doing even more not that you don't like strength training by now but as you said like you love being outside especially as the weather gets warmer etc like it it still adds to your quality of life so I think you have now found like a pretty decent um like midway of you know strength training three days or a week or so and then doing your endurance training twice a week and um I think that is great um like I still do think that 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 phase that year of just strength training was the right thing for you to do at the time because building muscle was your main priority um I um really like listening to Peter Atiyah Dr. Peter Atiyah um mm -hmm when it comes to healthy aging and he with a lot of the clients that he works with in person I think his podcast is called The Drive so anyone who wants to check it out I can recommend that one um, but he he works a lot with people in terms of healthy aging and one of the questions he asks people when he takes them on is um, where do you or what do you want to be able to do when you're 90 and like you know, dream big. He he even asks people that when they're in their 20s and their 30s. And um, it's not silly to say, I want to be sexually active. I want to be able to pick up my grandkids. I want to be able to do my groceries. I want to be able to play a round of golf. And like that might, might sound ridiculous to some people, but have those goals high and work towards that. And then like, as you say, like back or reverse engineer them and like what does that person who still is able to do a round of golf at 90 what does that person need to be training what does that person need to have they need to have core strength they need to have the ability to balance to perhaps you know catch themselves if they fall they need to be able to rotate they need to be like they need to have strength they need to have the stamina at the same time to be walking so I really like that um reverse engineering sort of thought um, my specific questions to you in terms of like healthy aging and um, menopause too is have you changed anything in your supplement regime or even nutritionally to accommodate for those hormonal changes um, or even just as a form of prevention as as you get into your 50s um, oh my gosh. So that's been a bit of a journey as well. <laughs> um, so when I, let's see, let me back up when I was about 41. So almost 10 years ago, it was like eight, eight, nine years ago. Um, I was doing really hard training. Like it was go for a mile run and then we're going to lift some heavy weights and then we're going to sprint on the treadmill and then we're going to, you know, do another weight set. And then we're going to sprint again. Like it was this gym that I was going to. And I absolutely 
loved it. Like I thrive in that kind of workout, that kind of environment, like that challenge, that burst of speed, lift something heavy, run. Like I loved every second of it. But at the time I was moving to a new town, which was like 45 minutes away from where I lived before. And so that gym wasn't accessible to me anymore. It was too far. So I left that. I had had a whole bunch of stress going on in my life because that's the time, you know, when we're in our forties, that's when, you know, our parents are aging and need our help. Maybe, um, our kids are becoming teenagers that takes some energy. Our marriages are aging and that may be healthy. It may be not. We're in the peak of our career. Like there's a lot going on in that period of time. And then mother nature is like, Hey, let's change your hormones too. Bam. <laughs> so there's a lot going on in your forties. And so I stopped that training. My hormones were just wacky for, and, and, in retrospect, I know that that was because I had a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of life stress and a lot of physical stress from those hard workouts. I wasn't getting the sleep I just needed. I was eating like 1700 calories, which to me at the time seemed like a lot of food, but it wasn't enough for my energy needs. So things got weird. <laughs> the sleep got weird. I started getting migraines for the first time in my life. Um, I was just exhausted all the time. And so I went to the doctor and I was like, what is wrong with me? I think I'm dying. And she said, it's, it's your hormones. And I, unfortunately I kind of was led down the path of bioidentical hormones. And that wasn't necessarily the right solution. It was, I needed to rest. I needed to eat more. I needed to get my stress down in ret retrospect. I know that, but at the time I thought, hormones are broken, take hormones. And that's kind of what, where the doctor led me. So I went down the path of these hormones. I went down the path of taking different supplements and learning that some of them helped and some of them made me feel worse. And so it's been a long journey of experimentation and learning what works for me and what doesn't. And so what really has stuck for me is like the basics, right? Getting enough sleep, managing my stress, which isn't always something that you can control. Life is like that, but, um, managing my stress and then eating a lot more protein, um, eating more food, um, and just really being mindful of the foods that I'm eating. Like alcohol doesn't treat me as well as it used to. I used to be able to have a glass of wine or two and feel great. And now I feel like garbage when I have too much wine, red wine feels like it's so hard on my body. So um, as we age, our body responds to things differently too. And maybe things that I started to take then, like I was taking ashwagandha, which was amazing for me at the time. And now I have to be careful with that because sometimes it affects my sleep in a negative way. So that's a moving target. And, um, I would say the basics are, are like, they stick with us and maybe those look like, maybe I'll need more sleep now, or maybe I'll eat, need to eat more food or less food or, you know, adjusting those with a little bit, but those really have been consistent. Once I discovered macros in like 2019, it changed everything for me. Like mm -hmm. eating enough protein is a game changer. Um, well, so really, I can imagine, especially as a more plant-based or vegetarian person, um, yeah. often you might not, if you don't consciously try to, um, you might not get the right amount of protein. And that was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about. Also, um, uh, do you, you, I mean, or what tips do you have for people that are like, Hey, I want to eat less meat, etc. Um, I guess tip number one would be to track macros <laughs> because yes. then you can actually get and gain awareness about, you know, how little 
uh, food you are or how little protein you are actually eating. Um, but apart from that, like what sort of go-tos would you recommend for people that, that might want to stir away a little bit from meat um, or fish? And I guess you eat fish on occasion, um, but still, yeah, meat mostly. Yeah. So I have been anywhere on the spectrum from completely vegan to pescatarian, which is what I would say I am now, um, over the last 25 years. So it's been a long journey for me. Um, and so I've learned a lot about that. And for me, what meets my needs the, the best is to eat that way. I feel like it managed my health that way and I feel good. So, um, some of the challenges we think, okay, I'm not going to eat it, at first, when you're first becoming plant-based, you may think, okay, I'm going to eat all the things, but I'm just going to leave the meat off my plate. Mm -hmm. And if you're tracking macros, you're going to become aware that you're eating a lot of carbohydrates and maybe a lot of fat, but not a lot of protein. Mm -hmm. So then you think, well, I'm going to add in beans. Those are protein. I'm going to add in nuts. That's protein. And yes, there is protein in there, but then your carbs are going up more and your fats are going up more. So you have to really learn how to meet those needs um, with, for me, I, I feel like low fat dairy, um, eating eggs, egg whites, um, fish, those things are helping me a lot. I do eat tofu. I do eat tempeh. I do eat, um, seitans. You know, I use some of those supplemental proteins. I use a protein powder. Um, occasionally I'll use protein bars when I'm traveling because protein's hard to come by when you're traveling. Although if you're going to the beach, there's lots of great seafood. Um, so just, it can be challenging being fully plant-based vegan, I think is the hardest thing to do because as you're filling those needs with the plant-based um, proteins, you're also getting a lot of carbs and fats, and you're also going to really overshoot your fiber. Likely that's something mm -hmm. for me that I have to keep an eye on. So I'm not consuming too much fiber and causing my stomach to just shut down and my gut to shut down. So you, you're wanting, you got to make sure to keep an eye on that as well. So that's such a good point, especially if people want to make a transition and actually making a transition slowly in terms of potentially mm -hmm. increasing their fiber or seeing where their fiber limit really is at. Um, yeah. I have had several um, plant-based, completely plant-based vegan um, clients and it it worked they still were able to hit their protein goal but almost all or basically in in all, all the cases with probably two servings of protein powder per day and what i will say also um with a lot more foresight so there is no just like tracking as you go and then you get to the end of your day and you realize you've only had a third of your protein intake because unless you're at that point willing to like jug two um shakes of protein powder or whatever it's hard to make up for that because you have like no um pure protein sources such aside from the protein powder such as you know chicken breast or whatever like anything even tofu has some fats or carbs as you say in there so it does just require a lot more planning from what i have seen in in clients um but no, that's uh, some uh, really interesting tip. And I do think if people are ve vegetarian, it is actually, especially nowadays, reasonably easy with the amount of low fat dairy products. And, you know, with egg whites, you can be so experimental with that as well. There are so many great recipes out there with sweet, savory, whatever with egg whites. So um, a, a really, really good point. But one of the things that I have always um, admired about you also is that you are so in tune with 
your body like you really listen to your body sometimes for instance now you have that you have picked up your endurance training again um and even before that you were at a calorie maintenance level but um even just after a few runs it seemed like you were like hey i feel like um my body needs more it not just from a hunger perspective but you know like most people can or think that they can identify their hunger but it was more like i think i need more not just also from an intellectual perspective it really seemed to me like it was like i'm i'm sensing my body need needs more and i can uh, it, it appears to me that way in many other scenarios where you just you seem to be very in tune with your your body and um, I, I love that. I wish that everyone or I wish for everyone that they get to that place. Um, has it taken you a long time to get there from the place where you were at before in the sense of really hard training? And I mean, I'm coming from a similar space where I loved my CrossFit training back then and then ac accepting that that's perhaps not the healthiest way, even though it makes me feel great at the time, but it's not you know, the healthiest thing for my body at the time. And it's maybe not the most effective thing to get to my goal either. Um, but yeah, I found that transition really hard. And I, I did find it difficult to, to listen or to even just distinct what I'm supposed to be listening to in my body, because sometimes our body likes to trick us as well. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, I'm curious to hear how you got to that place, or if, even if, if you feel like you are truly in tune with your body. I think that, um, there's two sides to that. There's the, like sensing what you're feeling in your body, like inhabiting your body and really being aware of what you're experiencing. And then there's the hard part, which is accepting and acting on that. Mm -hmm. So, um, like the really hard training, I mean, that kind of thing makes you feel like a badass. Like that's a powerful drug to feel that way, to feel strong and fast mm -hmm. and fit. It feels really good. And you may want to continue to do that, but noticing like, gosh, I'm sore all the time. I'm tired all the time. I'm not recovering well. Um, and it's easy to think, well, you hear all this messaging about no pain, no gain, sweat is fat crying, like all these ridiculous things that we've heard and said. Um, and you feel like, okay, the only option is to power through and to keep, I'm getting something good out of this. So I'm just going to focus on that and just accept all these other things. But to really stop and like choose health over ego really is what's happening for me. Like oh, yes. this isn't really serving me anymore. It makes me feel amazing, but I really think I'd be healthier if I did something else. It takes a lot of energy, a lot of courage, a lot of like, in like honoring your own individual self to do that. And that's really, really hard. Um, another example as I used to teach yoga and while I was in yoga class, like I had a badass headstand, like I was really good at that. And that was like one of the main things I could do. I thought it was cool, <laughs> but my neck, I was having all these neck problems, all these headaches. And I realized like standing on my head, isn't necessarily what my body wants me to do, but it made me feel really good and it was fun and it was cool. Um, but finally to accept that and go, well, you know, I'm just going to have to skip that part of the practice and, and that's going to have to be okay. It feels kind of icky to make those choices. Sometimes it doesn't always, the best thing for us is never the easiest thing to do. So mm -hmm. being aware that it's going to feel hard to do, it's hard to make that change, but that's okay. That it's, a, it's supposed to feel that way. Yeah. Really, really good point. I, I, what I personally find, um, difficult is sometimes to call, call yourself out or like to distinguish, 
a you said recognizing accepting certain feelings just having that introspection to begin with to pause and mm -hmm. look inside that, that's probably the first thing but then being like okay am i is this feeling um because it's whole am i am i feeling this because i'm it's keeping me in my comfort zone because it's keeping me in the or because I'm, I'm i'm because i'm truly supposed to be in that comfort zone you know especially um like not pushing too hard on the cortisol side etc yeah. or um should i be pushing a little bit more because i guess like i mean now, let's say now you're at the point so for me i think it's almost swung back nearly too much the other way so being first in that really high cortisol state and then you're like okay mm -hmm. i need to take a step back i need to take it easy And I have, I, I feel like now my body is wanting to do everything to prevent me from ever going back to that place before. Yeah. But um, I mean, of course, I'm still supposed to be like just on the edge of that comfort zone in order to progress. And I find that really, really tricky, like to stay on that edge, to continue to progress, but not to enter that cortisol high cortisol zone again if if that makes sense at all oh yeah that's such a good point I think that when we're taking good care of ourselves or listening to our bodies that's all healthy but it can soften us into fear like where mm -hmm. we're afraid exactly. to push ourselves at all and that's not a good place to be either I totally agree with you and hear what you're saying um so stepping out of that and finding the gray area, like we, we apply that like black and white thinking, those extremes to so many things in our lives. And I'm always calling myself out on that because I tend to be that way. Like it's either on or it's off. Or it's a yes, it's a no, it's, you know, and embracing that gray area takes a lot of awareness and like being present and saying, Hey, maybe there's something in the middle for me. Maybe I don't have to do, you know, run an ultra marathon. Maybe I don't want to just walk. Maybe there's something in the middle for me that will still serve me. So yeah, that's a really good point. I, I wanted to touch on something else that you mentioned earlier, and that was cholesterol. Um, I'm, I'm also mentioning it because I'm currently at, at home in, in Germany. And I, you know, spoke to my mom the other day. And I know that in our family, uh, generally, there's like a higher cholesterol level. It is something certainly that is also, you know, to an extent um, in our genes, of course, as you mentioned, the basics play the biggest role. Um, but I had a similar experience to you. I was in my in my 20s and I had a checkup with um, in the, when I was in the police, a health checkup and it was like, oh, you have high cholesterol. And I like at that time, I mean, I truly thought, especially compared to <laughs> to most of the other officers there at the station, you know, munching on donuts, nothing, nothing <laughs> else sort of thing. I thought I was pretty darn healthy. Um, but yeah, suddenly I was like, wow, okay, why do I have high cholesterol? So we have that um, um, genetic component to it um but of course there are quite a few things that we can ma manipulate um when it comes to diet i do also think that oftentimes um cholesterol levels are misinterpreted especially by physicians that may not be up to the latest literature and they just look at total cholesterol or you know they they don't, don't even look at apob or whatever um mm -hmm. so Nonetheless, I'm curious, um, what are some of the measures that you personally, not saying that that is right for anyone else out there, but that you personally are doing to keep your cholesterol in check um, or even trying to lower it, lower it, I guess? 
Yeah. So just speaking in terms of overall cholesterol, which is not necessarily the best measure that was kind of where my journey started. So when I was in my twenties and told I had high cholesterol, it was my total cholesterol was 205, which is not that bad, but it got my attention because I was like, I'm 24 and I'm skinny. What is happening? I'm not like the picture of what you think when you think high cholesterol. Um, so that was my target at first. And so I, I, when I changed my diet and over the years, I actually got that to go down to like 145, which was amazing. Um, so now I keep a closer eye on other things. So I'm looking at my LDL, I'm looking at um, my HDL and ApoB is something that we're all becoming aware of as well. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say the two biggest movers are reducing saturated fat and increasing uh, fiber and not necessarily indefinitely, like keep an eye on that fiber sweet spot. Like we talked about earlier, um, because you can make yourself really uncomfortable if you eat too much fiber, but just getting the right amount of fiber, drinking a lot of water with that, please. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And then also managing the saturated fat. So it, I think that um, just tracking our food and my fitness pals, like that's a really powerful tool, not just for calories or macros, take a look at what else is in there. People like look at the nutrition tab and it's really insightful. You can see, oh my gosh, I had 55 grams of fiber today or whatever your number is, or I ate, you know, 80 grams of saturated fat. That's probably not good for my body. So I think those two are, um, really in terms of diet, the things to keep an eye on. And then, um, for exercise, I've just actually done a little bit of research on my own. I need to do, read the research a bit more, but um, I'm seeing that, you know, different modalities of exercise can affect different cholesterol measures. So some things can help lower LDL and some things can help increase HDL. So I think that's really cool. Um, and that's something that I'm going to continue to evolve with in my own life too. Awesome. Well, yeah, when you um, discover a little bit more about that exercise component and its effect on various um, cholesterol levels. I am super interested in hearing more about it. Hopefully we can get you to write a blog or something uh, yeah. on it. But in terms of the saturated th fats, I mean, firstly, uh, fiber, 100% agree. Uh, mm -hmm. There's there just so much evidence that eating a sufficient or good amount of fiber is just in general linked to uh, longevity and prevention of so many diseases. So anyone on a carnivore diet long-term, you know, look at those, look at that research. Um, but also when it comes to the saturated fats, I think in recent years, we've really kind of, um, well, not in recent years, but maybe like five, 10 years ago, whatever, we swung the other way when we, before that it was like, oh, saturated fats are bad. And then it was like, oh, now they're suddenly great. Put coconut oil and butter on everything because it's so great. <laughs> There's absolutely no harm. And um, I think now we're finding that it's like, hey, people, um, I mean, you can have a bit of butter. It does have some uh, health benefits or micronutrients in there too. Healthy fats, mm -hmm. et cetera. Same with um, coconut oil, et cetera. But still overall, we're still supposed to be limiting our saturated fat intake. So stick with those leaner cuts of meat, stick with, um, you know, olive oil, avocado oil, etc. for the most part and limit your saturated fats. I do think, um, what well, not just what I think, but the current state of the evidence really still points clearly towards that. Um, mm -hmm. Anyone who has questions about that too, like I invite you to 
to message me or send us an email or whatever, hit up the website because it is a confusing topic. I mean, we're, we're constantly hearing different things. So I really truly don't blame anyone, but I like that you said that and that you just kind of clarify like, hey, people still look at your saturated fats. Mm -hmm. um, it is still the thing that is, um, you know, very closely linked um, to, to negative health outcomes when it comes to cardio cardiovascular health. Yeah, and I think that um, be even more complex to add to that is that saturated fats we think of as one thing, but mm -hmm. saturated fats are made up of different fatty acids. Like those are different, you know, to get into the nutrition science piece of it, those are actually different fatty acids that build those fats. And some saturated fats may be less harmful than other saturated fats. So when we hear these things like eat as much coconut oil as you want, like that isn't necessarily true. Maybe the fat, the fatty acids that make up those saturated fats are less harmful than say in a steak. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're still saturated fats. They're still acting in a way that a saturated fat acts. So there, that's where I think some of that confusion and complexity comes from. And you don't have to be a nutrition scientist to figure it out. Like just manage the saturated fats, look at what you're eating and, you know, focus on that piece. A hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that that's a really uh, great takeaway. Actually, the saturated fats, um, the overall fiber intake, whether that pertains to cholesterol or just, just general overall health. And you've given us a few other amazing pointers, like basics, 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 people track your macros for a little while, even, even if it's just for a couple of weeks to see like, Hey, how, how am I actually consuming enough protein? Um, where are my calories at roughly? Am I way under eating perhaps for my activity levels? Um, and I mean, yes, our, because we were talking about or starting with the aspect of healthy aging, yes, our metabolism does slow down a tiny bit as we age. And yes, our hormones do play a role, but it's not suddenly that, oh, you're turning 50. Now all that you're, you need is like 1200 calories a day type of thing. So, you know, um, still stay mindful of how much you're eating, fueling your body well. And I guess the other thing that I, I personally have taken from what you're saying also is just pause, stop, look inside, listen to your own body. And um, yeah, I guess if people are not following you already, they definitely should because you do share some beautiful um, food pictures, some some recipes, some stories from your garden as well, where you have beautiful vegetables and of course your cool adventures with hikes and so on. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you. It's, it's really been a pleasure chatting with you. And though I get to chat with you more frequently, but I do think that everyone can benefit a little bit from um you know hearing about your story and your own nutrition and and, and health and fitness journey and i'm so excited um to watch you entering this new decade in your life i know it's gonna be amazing watching you work towards that 90 year old allison that is still <laughs> super active and um hanging out with her grandchildren taking them on adventures so yes is there anything that you'd like to say as sort of a, a final word or advice for our listeners yeah i think um and you kind of already said it but i would say you know instead of paying so much attention to everything that's going on around us and all the things on instagram and everything that you're hearing 
use that energy instead to like look inside, like fully mm-hmm. inhabit who you are in that moment and what's going to serve you best. And there's a lot of power in, in listening to your own body and then look down the road and think, where am I headed? And am I on the right road to get there? So yeah, I think you kind of said that already, but that would be my biggest takeaway. Beautiful, beautiful way to finish. Thank you so much for your time, Allison. It's been a true pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode on social. Very much appreciated. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nutrition Coaching and Life or head to our website, www.nutritioncoachingandlife.com, where we provide more valuable content. Have a wonderful day. Now go out and work on your best self.